Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides on the quest to RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. In our main podcast episodes, we discuss D&D 5e's core rules and ever-expanding content, while also showcasing other RPG systems and bringing you fresh, new projects from indie content creators. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world you're playing in, because detailed settings, heroic characters, vibrant NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. Here's a message from friends of the show. In a world headed for disaster, five strangers with mysterious pasts are thrown together by the winds of fate to try to stop the unseen forces that threaten to destroy their world. Join Creval, a dragonborn with no memory and no past, who is the first of the barbarians of the mountains to be seen in a thousand years. Cotter, a penniless paladin, running from something or someone in his past. No one, the only tiefling monk the kingdom has ever seen, who has been expelled from his monastery for reasons he has not revealed. Adri, his monastic companion who hides some deep dark secret she cannot reveal. And Arlen, once a simple farmer, until some mysterious event manifested sorcerous powers in him. They must travel the length and breadth of the kingdom of Faro, searching for the disparate clues that will help them unravel the mystery of the failing of their land, while trying to hold together the unraveling threads of society's weave threatening to come apart at any moment. They will have to battle nature, plague, politics, and even the forces of the underworld as they attempt to discover and defeat whoever, or whatever, is attempting to poison their world and throw it into chaos. Relic of the Past is a novel-length story told via a clean, custom, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found, and at poolmedia.podbean.com. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. So we have got an awesome interview on tap for tonight. We're really excited to be speaking with the folks from Feats and Fates. But before we get into introducing them, Luanika, Glenn, good evening. How are you this fine evening? Doing great, Josh. Having a great time. We just got done doing a nice state of the table, which I can't wait for everybody to give us feedback on. But right now, we've got bigger and better things. There's a whole city awaiting us with a brand new story, and that city has a fantastic backstory. So I'm ready to dig in and hear all about it. Yeah, same here. I, I honestly, I've been looking forward to this since I listened to your opening episode uh, and all the promo material that you guys had ahead of time. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic uh, time. Matt and Dusty from Feats and Fates, welcome to Tabletop Journeys. How are you guys this evening? Hi there. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate you reaching out and letting us know ab about your show, giving us the opportunity to, to, to listen to it and then get to talk to you because there are so many podcasts out there and, and actual plays, but sometimes uh, you really get a better feel for a show when you listen to it with the intent of speaking to the creators and then you actually get to speak to the creators. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, and I think that's an amazing opportunity. So well, thanks again. We appreciate you being here. Hey, we appreciate you having us. Yeah, we're very excited. Awesome. All right. So, Matt, I'm going to start with you here since I know that you tend to do – you did a lot of the promo material and I was talking to you on Twitter here. Tell us about Feats and Fates. Feats and Fates is the brainchild of me and Dusty. I can't take credit for the name. One of Dusty's close friends, he was going to be the original – in the original cast, but 
unfortunately had to drop, but he came up with a name because we were trying to figure things out. So he, I owe him the credit for it. But it's basically Feats and Fates came about because me, Dusty, and John, we have been playing together for a few years now, and we have so many crazy shenanigans stories that are just <laughs> hilarious and it's funny. And I thought about doing a podcast, trying to bring our sense of comedy to the rest of everybody else. And I was like, from the way you guys are talking, I think it's getting home. And and John plays the dragonborn Belmark, right? Belrash. Thank you. Bell Bell Rash. Rash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Do not call him Belly Rash. He'll eat you though. <laughs> well, I'm well, if you give him a belly rash, like you tie him down and give him belly rubs till he's got a rash. Oh, I don't recommend that. I seem to recall him uh, taking it out on a wild boar. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah, was yeah, not yeah. exactly a slouch in combat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll try it either. Yeah, so pretty much everything Matt said, it, it's definitely like a love child of ours and our friends. We've been playing together for, I think, going on two years now. And it's just so much fun playing with Matt and John and Ari that we wanted to be able to share that with the world and with our friends and family who can't be around us because I know I have a lot of family that lives not in South Carolina where most of us are, I think all of us are based. So it's just fun to be able to share that with friends and family. Awesome. All right. So let us, uh, let's roll our initiative then so that we can go ahead and uh, get our questions out of the way here since I jumped onto that surprise round. Ooh, I've got an eight, so that does not have me going first. Ten. Eighteen. Nice. All right. Then, Mr. Uh-huh. Miller. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, <laughs> so right. this is not blackjack. Because I am the one who always starts with backgrounds and backstories as a great way to get to awesome narrative. I want to talk about the backstory for the Undercity. And obviously, episode one, I don't want you to give out spoilers, but that is such a great story. And through your promo materials and your narration, Dusty, was incredible on those with great inbreaks from a go along the <laughs> way. But it, I just want to know, like, how much of that backstory was it, were those backstories that your group played at some point and this is the new campaign or was that something you said we're going to start something brand new and what's heaven under city like how did this all come to be so i essentially wrote the basis of the campaign and then pitched it to the group to see if this was even something that they would want to play and most of what you heard in the beginning of the first episode was basically what I had written as like, a, here, what do you think of this? And so the Before City was something that I had come up with because I wanted that sort of intrigue, that narrative hook that gets people to listen. What you were saying is, I want to know more about this. And that's exactly what I was trying to go for. Awesome. It really came across like it was a previous campaign that had actually played. This is a world that has been lived in. That's the feel I got from the from listening to that first episode and certainly from the promotion tears. It's okay, we're broadcasting today, but we've been playing this world for 10 years. That's the feel I got. And that intrigues me. I've seen lots of actual plays that it's very clear it's a module or it's very clear that they just started today. And even though it's a starting campaign, man, I, kudos for putting that much backstory and giving it that much life. That verve really matters. What's going to be interesting is uh, y'all hear this in episode two coming out in just a couple hours now, actually, that we start to introduce more of the Fae, the Fae Wild. So the campaign is going to have a lot of ties to the Fae Wild. So who knows? I don't know what Dusty has planned. She might have a weird time travel through a mystical fey portal and throw us back to the before city. I don't know what's going to happen. And the fey wild ties were well seated in the first episode and in the trailers too. So yeah, it's definitely got the feel of going in that direction. Yeah. To your point about feeling like the world is lived in, that's exactly what I was going for. I did not want it to feel like a canned sort of thing. Like there, like you mentioned, there are so many actual play podcasts out there that I wanted to have that something different. That something like this isn't not another D&D podcast or it's not just another Taz. It's Feats and Fates. It's a completely different thing. Yeah, when we were trying to figure out who we wanted to DM and the modules, like there's so 
you can pull up D&D campaigns and people are doing Curse of Strahd, massive one. And modules are just so overplayed. We wanted an original story. That's great. I loved the way, even just in episode one, how there was the five minutes of world exposition. It really, you did a really great job at bringing us into where the game has gone for the last two or three years and setting up where it is now. So I'm really excited to go ahead and see where this goes here. Yeah. All right, Mr. Maris. The initiative uh, is yours. You've got two weeks, and you've got the you got to those two weeks for the early release because of increased Twitter followers, thus fans. So, what kind of feedback or reception have you all gotten from those fans so far on your show? It has been phenomenal. So, before I even released the first episode, actually, no, shortly after I released the first trailer, we were already over four hundred followers. And then I made the comment. I was like, hey, you get us to six. I'll release this episode early. And I'm, we're almost at seven now. So we are steadily growing, which is a great thing. A lot of the feedback has been really comforting and amazing. So far, everybody has really liked Go's energy, not to try to toot my own horn since I am his voice. But because I am playing Go as a relatable ADD hyperactive, oh, there's a squirrel. So many people like appreciate that randomness. It just hits home with them. But we brought something you don't see very often, and that is a female DM. So reception from that has been very positive. Everybody loves Dusty's voice. She has, she's got a radio voice, very easy radio voice, and she does a great job uh, narrating, doing her voices, even with the intro outro where she is playing the barkeep as well, which that's been a collaboration. Like she's written a campaign, but I've written a lot of the trailers and the intro outros and even the promos those have all been my brainchild just because i really like like theater writing so it comes in handy but yeah it's been very positive they like the suspense they like the music they like the dark fantasy you don't know what's going to happen this is it's an interesting world dusty has created and it's just been overall it's been great i can't wait to continue to grow yeah i also agree that not only is Dusty's voice fantastic, but also, mm. uh, like I said, that the promo materials that you guys put together for the show did a really great job at exposing what the world was going to be about. And I thought that the plot line with the disappearances and like people disappearing in groups of three and what's going on there, great mystery, fantastic kind of like supernatural vibes about what it is that's actually going on. Are they being kidnapped? Are they disappearing? Are they turning invisible? Who knows? Are, Are they, they running off to the next town? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's two days right away. They couldn't have gone there. Plus, they left their painting stuff behind. So that's all that to go ahead and say that I think that just the way that's all been laid out has just been fantastic. All right. Uh, So the next question that I've got. uh, So, Dusty, I know you said that you have been that the game has been going on uh, for two or three years now. I think maybe Matt said that it's been going on for two or three years. Has it always been in the same world? And has the world where we pick it up in Feats and Fates, is this just like the next chapter in the world that you guys have been playing? Or is the world of Feats and Fates totally new, totally out of the box? And where did it come from? I think it's definitely, it's an homage to all of the things we've done before, but it's also completely new. Like I said earlier, I didn't want to, do anything or run anything or write anything that was contrived or something that we'd done before. I like when things keep you on your toes. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's coming next. Like just those moments where you want to keep playing, like at the very end of the night, you don't want to stop. You want to keep going because you want to see what's coming next. Yeah, it certainly sounds like the players, and I'll get into this when I get some of my other questions later, but it certainly seems like the players keep you on your toes with some of the some of the reveals that they've made in here. How... Uh, yeah, that's my next question. Actually, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into my second question here. But yeah, that's it, pretty obvious in episode one that they're keeping you on your toes. <laughs> There's a reason behind that. Feats and Fates is her story is brand new. It doesn't tie into any of our previous campaigns. I have always been her dungeon master, so it, I'm finally getting into the seat of a player for the first time in four years, three years. And it's kind of nice for our friends and family. We throw Easter eggs in there. In the intro outro, you meet the barkeeper's raven, Minnie. Minnie was the first PC Dusty played at my table. We throw little, just kind of like jabs at our own can- like own previous campaigns that are Easter eggs for our friends. <laughs> but it just it's entertaining and it's fun. 
You got to keep it lively for the cast too. We do the same thing. Yeah, we have a we have an actual play that we run with our Patreon subscribers, and for a while there, I have I had run it, and Leewinik is now running a second one. But Leewinik and Glenn have both played in the fantasy the D and D one that we're doing, and there are routinely inside jokes that I think probably only the three of us understand. I'm not even sure that the Patreons necessarily understand them fully. But they're, they're routinely <laughs> jokes. Let us let us roll our d20s once again for our initiative for our next round of questions. Round two. Uh, my luck continues. I got a five. Ten. Not twenty. Hang on. Let me All pick right. it up very carefully. <laughs> oh, the camera's over here these days. No, we, be- <laughs> we believe you, Glenn. It's okay. All right. So my question. Dun, dun, dun. We've talked a little bit about roles so far. Uh, we've hinted that, Matt, you play Go. Correct. Who I know is a kobold, but our listeners may not. And, Dusty, you run the game. So why don't y'all introduce our listeners to the cast? Obviously, we've got one of the cast members here, but then the other cast members, if y'all wouldn't mind speaking for them, letting uh, people know what they're getting into and what kind of party <laughs> interaction y'all are get, y'all have. You know, a little bit about your vibe. Absolute chaos. Uh, genuinely, I never know what to expect from these guys. I was actually talking to Matt about that recently. Our first session ever, I did not prepare enough material. And that was on me. I did not expect for them to breeze through everything that they did. And he was like, you always have to expect the unexpected. And so the next session, I prepped so much material. I think it'll carry us through the next three sessions just in case. Like, just what if they do this? What if they do that? What if they do this? And mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's put me on the spot a little bit. And honestly, that's why I love D&D is that moment of, okay. Now here's what we're going to do. And it's also payback, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it for sure oh, were, definitely were you, were is. You like that? Were you like that? Where, yeah. So speaking as her previous DM, when Dusty moved down from Michigan and she first joined my table, I was a brand new DM. I was running paper module, reading what it says, doing what it did. I didn't have only half nor home Minecraft yet. I was in the middle of it. All right. And so I'm sitting here reading through the descriptions of everything it does. And then this crazy girl here, is there dust on the glasses? And it just threw me for such a complete loop and it ended up being just a running joke. And actually she makes that reference a couple of times. So I stopped asking it coming in episode two because of the fact that she came in right after they met mind flayer in my campaign. So she's trying to figure out whether or not it was a dream or real. Now I get it now that it's past it, but yeah, she has always kept me on my toes and now karma's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, Dusty, if I may, you certainly did sound surprised when they took out that poor boar in almost one shot in episode one. Like, I hope I'm not ruining anything like to <laughs> everybody out there listening to this show. You should, you should go listen to Feats and Fates, first of all. But but when when that poor boar was taken out in almost one shot, I have had that tone of voice before where it's like, oh, it's already done. I should have thrown three boars at them, not one. Yeah, like I've been there. So that's. I didn't even use full abilities. I could have one shot it if I wanted to. To your point, about the not knowing what to do. I'm very much of a new DM still. I've been playing for a long time, but DMing is new for me. And I know for a fact that when I was looking at that first encounter, I was like, okay, what's not going to kill them? And (laughs) I knew that this boar wasn't going to kill them, but I did not realize that one, it was going to be a very quick battle and two that my, one of my players would not be able to land a hit because the boar was too wise. (laughs) <laughs> Poor you have a lot of good saves in there like yeah, by one yeah. it was making yeah, it yeah 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 or should you're i say right. annalise yeah your, your dice were hot <laughs> yeah oh yeah so we have go the kobold and dusty and who else do we have on your show so we have john who plays a dragonborn named belrosh belrash sorry and annalise me uh ariana God, the A's mix me up. And she is playing a, <laughs> a reborn grave cleric. Grave cleric, which is reborn is one of the newer races from a Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. So it's mm-hmm. a very interesting concept. But we don't know, like, in character, Go and Belrash, they don't know exactly what she is yet. She just knows. All we know is that she looks human, but she looks off. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. 
So as the story progresses, there has been wonderful scenes included because one of the things that we have first established with Annalise is that she doesn't remember very much at all. So you'll see a little bit that come to fruition tomorrow and the new episode. And it's a very touching moment. I'm not going to go any further than that because I don't want to spoil anything. So I, I really like what the character Annalise did in the game and what the player was able to do. Her description of her actions, peeling the glove off, the way she kept going into how she protects her face from being seen. Those were some really nice narrative moments that really showcased the deeper story. And again, backstory. Yeah, when she first approached me and asked if she could play a reborn cleric, I first had to look up what it was. Uh, (laughs) Second, I got so excited just because of the narrative possibilities for a reborn cleric. I'm excited for every one of these characters. I'm very excited that it's not like a a typical D&D party where it's one elf, a half elf, more of the nicer looking characters for a better, a lack of saying whatever. So I'm really excited about that sort of aspect of the party is that it's not player characters that we see a lot. And I'll add on to that too, because um, Go, yes, he's a kobold, but he is the new kobold from Monsters of the Multiverse. I picked up the gift set back in January. I read over it. I a lot of people would disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine, but I love the changes they made the Cobalt for players, not for the DM side, but for players. And the whole Dragonic side of it, I was like, this screams sorcerer. And I'm just like, all right, what can I do with this? And then I was like, okay, there's Dragonic Sorcerer. I was like, okay, cool. Let's make a Cobalt that has Dragonic Heritage. What's going to be his motivation? Oh, he wants to earn his wings because he thinks he's a dragon. And I'm just right. like, my entire character fell into place just by that one insight. And it's just, it's been phenomenal playing something brand new. Cause I'm not usually just a cleric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. When, uh, when you talk about goes wanting to get his wings I, again, that was again, one of those moments. There were so many moments in episode one. I was listening to them in my car, listen to it in my car. And like, that were just like laugh out loud, funny. And the best part is if, if you've listened to the show at all, you'll know it wasn't even so much that I found them funny. It was that I knew that Lee Wanika would find them funny and listening to him laugh at them was almost funnier than like, it was like, there, there's that one. There's the whole Duke thing that went on. Like, oh my God. Lee is going to love this. So, I, can't, I can't wait. Yeah. Pre-show. I mentioned the fact I nearly dropped a plate of eggs when Duke Duke came up and, and, and I rewound it to hear it. And the only thing I would say is you, you missed your opportunity. I thought for certain somebody was going to go Duke, 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 Duke of Earl, 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 Duke of Earl. Like, and then that yeah, was, they, that had was the, they had the Duke's Hazard reference. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was all me for the Duke's Hazard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but Duke's Hazard was, oh my goodness, because I'm all about the Duke's Hazard, mind you. Right. All about him. Duke, Duke. I make more references to yeah. it, don't worry. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was so funny. And then <laughs> Bell Rashes, you didn't name her Duchess? when i was coming up with duke as a character i originally thought i would have this like hard grizzled person and then the more i thought about it the more i was like what kind of person could i throw at these guys to make things more fun make it so not traditional DD? and so i was talking with my friend actually the one who helped us come up with a name and i was just spitballing names and i was like what if i just name him duke And in that moment, I had to stop what I was doing because I started laughing. (laughs) And I knew the moment where I could not stop laughing at my own joke that everybody else was going to find it hysterical. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on, Dusty. So you're saying that the Duke joke was planned? That wasn't spur of the moment? No, straight. Yeah, straight up. It was planned. I had this. I wasn't sure when the reveal was going to happen, but I knew that somebody was going to ask what his name was. And I had it in my back pocket. And when Matt started the Elvish, I knew that was the moment. That was the moment to whip out. Okay. First of all, high praise. Because I don't think I could plan comedy like that. Like, I I, I joke. I'm a funny person. Uh, I'm a funny looking person. But my Did jokes I- are off the cuff. My jokes are off the cuff. Like if I if something like that funny happened in one of my episodes, it was because in the moment I caught it and I went with it. I me writing that a few weeks beforehand, never gonna happen. 
that's not how I do it. And I would have ruined it by laughing ahead of time because I, I, I don't stop laughing when I see something funny. I will be giggling the whole time. Like, I'm the worst person to tell something. I've told friends, I'm like, you can tell me anything. But if it's that funny, don't tell me that because I will just laugh about it always. So, wow, high praise for that. Dusty, there's so much of this show and this story and this actual play to come. The hardest part about this interview is not asking you questions that are going to be spoilers. So I'm <laughs> going to try to keep this focused on the things that we've got so far. You mentioned that first encounter was designed to be a challenge, but obviously not take them out. And But I, I want to really dig into the fact that you said that you're newer to DMing. Is this the first thing you've DM'd or have you DM'd one shots or smaller campaigns before you did this? Because nothing I saw and nothing I listened to, and I say saw and I mean saw because in my mind I was seeing this game. In my mind, I was at this table with you all. So I appreciate that. I, I, I want to be clear. Nothing I saw said brand new DM. What I saw said, veteran, you've been at this for a while. Like, you could be on this show yapping with us knuckleheads about D&D stuff because you've got it down. That's what I saw in this show. So, like, how, when you say new, like, how much experience do you really have? Are you shining one on? I need uh, one of those insight checks right now because I'm saying that can't be. I'm going to give her advantage for that insight check because I'm a huge inspiration to help her. Okay. What I'm going to say is 100% okay. honest. Prior to our very first session, I DM'd two sessions. Two sessions? Only, yes, only two sessions. I probably DM'd something closer to 40 or 50 before I got to a point where I felt as comfortable as you sounded. I took um, voice lessons since I was five years old. So I'm very comfortable on a stage in front of people uh, playing a different character. And so honestly, it, it the role of DM is like a character to me. I can embody what I've listened to, what I've seen, what I've experienced at tables. And I can get into that mindset of what's going to happen, what should happen, what does this look like? And we were talking in the early stages of this, we wanted to make sure that whatever we did, it was descriptive. You could see it in your mind's eye. You had no issue understanding what was going on. And so we really amped that up. So a lot of the descriptions that you hear are descriptions that I wrote with the understanding that this is an audio media. And I actually, I write for podcasts, other podcasts, mainly horror podcasts, but I've written for like No Sleep, Grey Rooms podcasts, those types of podcasts. So I know what it takes to be on a, an audio media. So all of the descriptions that you hear are born from that. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, That's really cool. I, I didn't know that about your background, but that's really interesting. And what a great, easy feed right into the DMC. Yeah. Who's got initiative now? All right. It is finally Josh. my turn. And yeah. All right. So after rolling my four or five. Yeah. I think I rolled a four. Last five. Time around. All right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So Matt, I wanted to dive into, and again, this is one of those questions where it's like, where did this come from? Why does Go speak fluent Elvin? And the undercurrent to that question also is, Dusty, did you know that Go speaks Elvin? And let's, let's, Matt, go ahead, go first, and then when he's done, Dusty, uh, let us know if if he caught you by surprise on that. Did I catch her by surprise? Absolutely, but she knew what my languages were. She did not know I was going to use a translator to actually say it. Go speaks four languages altogether, Common, Dragonic, Elven, and Sylvan. And a little bit of his backstory, don't mind sharing it because it's about to come out in the next episode, is that Go was... Basically, he spent 15, let's see, goes 24. He spent 15 to 17 years in the Feywild. So he lived, breathed, was raised by Sylvan and Aladrin. And he, so they taught Go how to speak. Because when they found, like when Go was basically adopted by uh, Mother Dryad, which is what he calls her, he couldn't speak. I won't go too far into that because it's part of his backstory that will open up later but through that he learned other languages that way he can commune with all the other fae and so he'd have friends because he was born alone oh <laughs> you don't know the half of it yet 
Yeah. I remember you setting up the, the at the very beginning, you, you, know, you were talking about how you were raised by the Dryads and, ra- and really in contact with the Fae. And I liked the way that when you first met the Duke, your way of introducing yourself to him was not was not like normal, right? It was like, are you a friend? Are Do we, can we commune together? Are you a friend to me? And the way that you did it, I really spoke volumes to the background to go's background and kind of his approach to everything and everything like that so i thought that was really well placed so yeah go is very big into names and getting hell like he'll immediately address oh you're an elf okay cool i know elves i'm friendly with elves i'm gonna try to speak your language and see whether or not you're a friend or your foe and he might he's quote unquote an adult cobalt in years but he's got that kind of child mindset and that ADD mindset that I am loving playing because it's so close to my personality. (laughs) When I built this world, I had every intention of building it around my characters. I basically gave them like a skeleton to start building their own stuff off of. So when Matt approached me and was like, hey, I've got these ideas. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll start working it into my setting and where the story is going to go. I obviously I have an end game. How we get to that end game is completely up to what my players tell me that they want to do. So Belrash has his own backstory that's built in. Annalise is completely built in. And so is Go. And so when uh, Matt told me that he really liked the Fate Wild aspect and wants to have Go be part of that aspect, I was like, great, cool. That gives us an excuse to go to the <laughs> Fate Wild at yeah. some point. But it really did surprise me when he whipped out the Elvish. (laughs) And there's a moment where you can hear me go, I don't know Elvish. And I was just sitting there reeling. I was like, I don't have the time, nor do I want to sit there and look up an Elvish translator because I'm going to botch it. Especially in this high reedy voice that I, for some odd reason, chose for this character. I didn't care if I watched it. I thought it was hilarious. The the funny thing about El- Elvish is it's wonderful until you hear it in the original Klingon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Doorway to the planes and the stars has been opened, and the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse is now available on DM's Guild. Hosts of the Tabletop Journeys podcast bring you their latest book with over 60 pages of backgrounds, equipment, magic items, feats, adversaries, plot hooks, and all new poultices of healing with creation rules. Get your copy today and bring it to your tables and make your next roll legendary. See if I can get a. See if I can roll above ten. No, I cannot. That's a six. Thirteen. Twelve. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Dusty, and it's about Go's character. But I guess I really loved the trinket. And Matt, if that's something you did, I'll second the question with you. But what more do you have in store for the campaign? Don't give us the details, but can we look forward to other little things that are just these little. <laughs> corners of characters within D&D that never come out in podcasts because things like the trinkets or little things like I like to use the cook feet for all kinds of craziness. I think wonderful way, especially on podcasts to show there are elements to this game other than I swung my great sword using my great weapon master feet. It's wonderful when you get those moments, but there's so many other moments that can come out that are just as magical as I'm going to blow the whistle and does it react? Does this sound react to like only fake can hear it? Oh, and I love that. My uh, wild boar trinket. Yeah. 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 Or my uh, I trinket. love that item. It immediately got me thinking there's a billion different types of trinkets and items that I now want to make that are, are along of those lines. What more can we expect on the, these pocket issues and smaller items 
from that you'll get it, be able to tease out from characters in, in the campaign. I'll let Dusty go first, but I'll go into that trinket here in a second. <laughs> So there are going to there are definitely going to be a lot of little moments that make you laugh or make you want to rewind. There's actually one coming up that I specifically designed knowing that my players were going to interact with it and the result was really funny for me, not so much for John, but I thought it was very funny. And I I love those moments where the world is just real in a completely different sense. Because you can have these stories that are completely grandiose and you love to get lost in, but there's nothing to ground you to the world that you're in. It's like at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's a story. And so these little moments like goes goes trinket, the interactions with things that in the grand scheme of things, this little interaction doesn't really mean much, but it's fun and it grounds you into the world. And so that that's what I strive for. And I think you'll see that a lot of different ways. It leads to comedy. It leads to the grounding and they're just fun. The trinket actually ties into the background that I chose for Go. So when Go was my brainchild, I was trying to figure out what background would be best for his character. I was like, originally in the test set, I mean, like in the test one shot we did where I tried out go, he was a far traveler, which was cool, but I completely forgot about while beyond the witch light and the Faye lost background. They lost. That, that was my question for you. (laughs) Uh, Was, did you choose, can you read that? Yeah. Did oh, I take the Fay Lost background? Did you take the Fay Lost yeah. background? That was my question. That was my question for you. That was going to come with uh, next round around. So I'll go so. into that in a minute. Then, if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess no, no, no. It's, answer okay. It now. I'll go answer ahead and I'll answer it now. So uh, yes, I read over the Fay Lost background and then going over Go's background and pitching it to um Dusty. It was such a phenomenal idea and it grounded his character so well because of the fact that he was, I was like, he was this little woodland creature that became Fae lost. He went into the Fae wild, stayed for many years. And eventually they sent him back out into the world where he met Belrash because he wanted to learn more about dragons. So with the Fae Fae lost background, it gave me the option to pick three trinkets. So I chose two that I mean, one, that I figured Go would have, uh, which was the whistle. Uh, one, that would be a toy to keep that whole childlike mind. And then the last one was one that is not on the Phalos trinket list. It's one that Dusty allowed me to have, and that is Go's goggles that he is so very fond of given to him, like basically made by the woodland creatures. So he'll He's big on that. Like you'll, as we go, you'll hear me in certain situations. I'll put them on, take them off. Anytime I run on the ground, I'll throw the goggles on because they like their whole idea was they wanted me, want to go with me to keep the dirt out of my eyes because I was so small, so close to the ground, and I like to run on all fours. So it's a very thoughtful trinket, and it will play in the ghost character a lot here in the future. I, I love the goggles too. Like in the moment when, after you guys were done with the boar, when you'd realize that you'd killed the, the flowers and the grass underneath the boar with, uh, or no, it wasn't you, it was when Annalise, when basically with the necrotic energy, killed the boar. No, that was me. That was me. Grass, oh, that was you. Okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah. and then you immediately went over there to go ahead and replenish the grass and everything like that. Cause like you could, t- you could tend, you could handle killing the boar, but you couldn't handle killing the grass and the flowers. It was like, yeah, that was a very Feywild thing to do. And so I was like, oh yeah. yeah okay. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah. the Feywild gives well a special ability to anybody that is quote unquote Fey touch from the Fey lost background. I originally had mm-hmm. Go's eyes. They were going to be iridescent, but then yeah. as I started reading over the new spell wither and bloom, I was like, this is a fantastic spell and we're coming in at level three. So I was like, it would make sense not only for Ghost character because of him wanting to protect Belrash because they've been together for years now. So he learned a healing spell that never thought was possible, but he also made it where the gift allowed him to bring back any or bloom, any grass, any plants, any kind of greenery that has died. So I was like, he can use the spell and not have to worry about killing anything that he basically doesn't want dead. So he can still 
cherish the nature that he grew up in, basically. And and how much are you going to play off that with Annalise, uh, with her being a vegetarian? It comes in. <laughs> it's going to come in. Yeah, excellent. Okay. <laughs> that one kind of seemed like it was definitely coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did have a question, though. If you use necrotic damage on a critter, are you sure you want to eat that afterwards? That's a fair point, and I don't know. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I jerky. Mean, I jerky. thought about that immediately. I'm like, oh, when they're done, they've got breakfast. Bacon is good for everybody. And then- Zombie bacon now. But, if you kill uh, the zombie pig now. Yeah. Uh, correction, frozen, frozen zombie pig. Zombie pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fro- yeah, frozen zombie bacon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right, which does keep them fresher longer. <laughs> the way I see it, the stuff that was frozen wasn't necrotic. <laughs> Just had to be heated back up. Yeah, there you that, go. Fair he, enough. Yeah, but he took that ice bolt to the face. So you got like boar snout <laughs> for breakfast. Uh, people eat that. The head is laid out and it's picked out of the That's the part you put the apple in. There you go. That's, that's You've true. never had jowl bacon? <laughs> oh my goodness. You have not lived oh, until you had yeah, jowl yeah, no, bacon. I, I, <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Like, like I, I, I'm I, like, dude. Seriously, the, the the varieties of cured ham that I've had in Spain, yes, jowl bacon is the real yep. deal, y'all. Guancale, <laughs> and, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, but we digress. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're not here for our food critics. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to eat its face. It shouldn't have been made out of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like that. Yep. 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 Feel it's free. A it's a gift from our podcast to yours. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm going to write that down and steal it. <laughs> you got my rusty the redneck accent. <laughs> I, I bet right. you he can put a good southern drawl on that. <laughs> if I wasn't All supposed right, to eat his face, it shouldn't have been made out of meat. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Hey, Paul, throw the griddle on. I got pigs now. <laughs> it's a little frozen and a little zombie-ish, but it's okay. A little, little zombie-ish. I think I'm about to throw him out of the chair. Are you, are you proud of what you've done? I'm absolutely. Always, well, absolutely. I guess I'm always proud of what I've done, actually. But in this instance, yes, yes, I am. That, by the way, that's going to make our sound bite for, the, for, for Twitter. <laughs> that, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Myers, the initiative is yours after all that. Okay. So... I am running low on questions because tragically one of the downsides to the initiative game and it's not comparing is sometimes your question gets stolen by the guy in front of mm. you, which may have happened twice. But so I'm getting to what, what would have been one of my last questions and I'm going to give it to you. I really enjoyed episode one. It was a whole lot of fun listening to you guys get together and obviously you already had some vibe going on that we, so you worked really into a group from the beginning. It was entertaining. It was funny, which we've mentioned many times. Earlier in the episode, Matt, you mentioned that you're currently editing episode three. And since then, that episode two comes out in an hour. You got any spoilers for us? What, what, what do we got? What, what, what's coming? What, what do we have to look forward to without giving it away anything? Because this will air. Know, but, but, but tempt me tempt me to stay up to watch episode two tonight. Three words. Slash listen. Three words. Tuna can mimic. I'm here for that. Yeah. And somebody tuna? better bring the Worcestershire sauce. Can yeah. mimic? <laughs> you have cans of tuna in your world? Tuna can mimic. But if you're going to have tans- cans of tuna in your world, you'd have to have tuna can mimics. So, yeah. all, right. Tu- all right. Tuna can mimics. It's the lunch that bites So, back. episode two, I will give a little bit of a spoiler. It is a... It is the conclusion of the test of the Duke. So you're going to yeah. have a lot of combat with some puzzles. Dusty getting frustrated because I broke her puzzles. You will have, you get to meet more of the characters and personalities, especially how they work in combat. You will see a lot of their personalities start to shine through as they're figuring out how to work together and how to do it. We get very descriptive in it as well and i had the pleasure of throwing in so many sound effects like very fun like from very funny sound effects to combining and creating magic sound effects door sound effects and 
I can't take credit for that idea. I will shout out to another podcast, which is Adventure, a D&D story, because Justin Riley, their audio editor, he started doing the sound effects when I listened to, I've been listening to him for years. And I was like, I loved how he did it. So it immerses you in the world. You can see it in your mind. You can hear my crystal charging and me unleashing the bolt or the lightning of kind of vibrating in Belrash's mouth before he unleashes his breath weapon. It's just, it's a lot of fun for an episode and I think it was going to, everybody's going to enjoy it. This episode is definitely where I think we really hit our stride as a group. Beginnings are always a little rocky, a little interesting. This, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it earlier, but we record in four or five hour chunks and then break that down into two episodes. And that's as of right now how we're going to be navigating this. So that first episode is where I said that I did not have enough material prepped. And so when Matt put a wrench into some of my plans, I was absolutely scrambling and it cost us a little bit of time. Lesson learned, new DMs. If one, my one advice to new DMs over prep, even if you're writing your campaign, write so much that you're like, surely they'll never do this. They will do it. I promise you they will f-ing do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got more comfortable with the story. Dusty got more relaxed. And then three and four, when that comes out, that's actually going to be our session two. And it progresses that way. Cool. And to confirm, you release on a bi-weekly schedule, correct? As long as I can keep up with the episode. Luckily, right now, um, Dusty and her husband are close friends of mine. They're about to come up to visit. I'm t- her husband went to college for radio broadcasting, so I'm going to get him trained up a little bit to ease it off of me because I do have a five-month-old daughter that I take care of while my wife's at work. So <laughs> it takes fun. a lot of time away from my family. So having Steven... With his background, he's definitely going to be a asset to the cast as well as myself because he can go in, he can fix the audio edits behind it. All I have to do is chop the edit, I mean, chop the audio, make sure we're not talking on top of each other, and then add in the music, get the vibes, take out the stuff that doesn't need to be there, and bam, we got an episode a lot faster and I can do it alone. Yep. I can tell you from our experience or my experience specifically, as I'm becoming our backup editor here, I was feeling exceptionally comfortable editing regular episodes, interviews, things like that. That's one thing. I just got done doing the rough edit on our actual play for the story that I wrote. And I think because I did the story, it work better for me to do that. But I can tell you, Editing an actual play is significantly longer and harder than editing a straight up talk show. It is. It is. <laughs> and yep. I don't think I recognized that when I signed up for it. I figured it out halfway through when I panicked and said, oh, my God, <laughs> this is due this Saturday. And Josh is like, no, silly. That's a week from Next now. Saturday. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> I should be able to get it done. I did. Is a little closer to the wire than I think anybody would have been happy with, but we got it done. It aired on time, and I'm very proud of it. But I can tell you that editing is a heavy lift. I am happy that I'm learning more and more, so I can take more and more off of Josh, so he can doing the rough edit, so he can do all the fine polish and tack things in, put in the music and all that is is something that I want us to keep working on, and so I can do a little bit more. But that's a tough sled, and if you can get somebody to help you. Get it. Yeah, uh, having the banter back and forth, especially interview setting like this, I was like, it's perfectly great. You don't have to worry about too much editing, but in a podcast setting, you've got to cut and split and make sure that it's time and you're not talking over each other. It's, oh my yeah. God, it takes so much time. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have, we have one more question for you. And I guess this is like the big question, right? The uh, the big kind of alpha question is that, again, you guys said that you've been playing together at, the, at a table together for two to three years and then decided to go ahead and start an actual play. So what was it that moved you from, Hey, this is a fun game that we enjoy playing on the weekends. We're like throwing, throwing fancy math rocks at people to, you know what? I think that we could go ahead and put this into audio form and put it out on the internet to attract adoring fans along the way. So what kind of made you decide to go ahead and take that jump? All right, so I will start with this and I'll let Dusty end it because she is our DM. So the whole change 
And when I say there's a lot of truth behind Go's character, there is a lot of truth because Go is one of those. He just wants to make friends because he grew up alone. That is me to a T. So John and Kylie have been wonderful friends to play with around the table, but both of them moved away. So I am the only one left up here in Spartanburg where we are located at. So when you have very close friends like that move away, you want to figure out a way that you can still have fun and play it. And we tried a couple of campaigns with strangers and stuff like that, the roll 20. And yes, they were great, but their schedules conflicted. They didn't, uh, or they didn't mesh as well, or they, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but sometimes good role play is always great for a story. I will never argue, argue that, but there is also such a thing as too much role play that hinders the story. And that's what that um, group, unfortunately did in a couple situations. And it just, it was boggy. And then everybody's schedules didn't mesh. So it got to the point that me, John and Dusty all being very close friends, all have played in each other's campaigns. I've been throwing around this podcast idea for well over a year now. And Dusty's, you know what? Let's just do it. So I'm actually shocked with how fast we were able to get things together. The biggest issue we had was that who was going to DM because I didn't want to do it. I want to step away and be a player for the first time. And Honestly, I wanted to play with Dusty and John, but. It's working out great this way, in my opinion. Dusty has been a phenomenal DM. So we reached out and I found another player, which was Ariana. And we threw her into a test session and she did phenomenally. She meshed really well, really fast, really easy with the party. And she's from around my area too. But it's been a great experience all the way around. Yeah. So honestly... My biggest reason for wanting to do this is I missed my friends. We just went through a little bit of trying times with the uh, global panini and everything. And I honestly had not seen them in so long that this for me was a way to not only scratch the D&D itch that I was really missing, but also to just honestly hang out with my really close friends. From the very first session, Matt and I hit it off in a friend way so quickly and so instantly that it felt like we'd been friends forever. And this is just another way that we can continue that friendship and continue like experiencing new things and having fun together and now i can show my parents what D actually is and they're not just oh that's nice honey that's nice so yeah it really honestly for me it's a way to have fun but it's also a way to you know get your name out there and have fun <laughs> and tell people this is a thing i made and this is really cool and i know that i have people on my side friends who have never played DD, never listened to anything DD related and now they're listening to the podcast and they're like you know what that's actually really cool can you tell me more about this and that's the best thing about it in the end for me yeah i can i feel pretty confident saying this and i don't mean to to steal the thunder of, of my co-host here but we love what we do we love putting on this show we love getting together, like we always say, we love getting together talking with awesome people about the awesome things that they're doing. So we love bringing in folks like you guys to go ahead and, and you know come in and talk about what you're doing in the space and what you're doing to support the community and everything like that. Because really, we so wish that this could be our full-time gig, that we wish that, that I wish that I got to go ahead and sit down and talk with these two jamokes every day of the week and twice on Sunday to go ahead and put this show together and go ahead and talk about awesome stuff. For you two, like just starting out, I will say, boy, enjoy it because you're going to have so much it's, fun and you're going to, you're going to learn so much in the next year or two years. I guarantee you that too, that enjoy it, learn the lessons that you've got to learn and everything like that, but keep doing what you're doing. Cause if that first episode is any indication, this show is going to be great. So yeah. yeah, me and I have a very dry, witty sense of humor. I'm very sarcastic. I enjoy puns. I love throwouts. John is very dry and sarcastic himself. So we have some really, great crazy banter that just happens naturally and oh uh, because john and i know so well uh, you'll see this episode three like i don't even have to finish a statement he'll already know what i'm talking about and he'll just play off of me and it, it's those kinds of things that are unplanned 
and you're doing it with such close friends that you don't like it's natural. So it seems more like you're listening or watching an actual TV show instead of waiting for somebody to, okay, what do I figure out how to say? No, this is just natural flow in, a, in our characters. We're just having fun. I can certainly agree. One of the things that I just in the last couple of days, a uh, coworker who, who was a pretty good friend from when I was working in Maine, got hold of me and he's can you send me the link again to your show your podcast like he sends it to me like last night some crazy hour and i'm like i'm already in bed man because he's in california and he's i'm like i'll get you that first thing in the morning so i sent it to him about six in the morning and three hours later he's like i joined and shout out to uh, nate carpenter for for joining i'm told that he's got a cousin who lives in my town actually oddly or right near me who's looking for local games and to get back into the hobby this can be a vehicle for connecting people when we feel so separate and after the last couple of years what more does this world need but better reasons to get together in a friendly way and we really need that a lot yeah i need that a lot so i absolutely feel exactly what you're saying i am playing the game today with friends that I haven't been able to sit down at a physical table together with because we live in multiple different states. We're very far away, what have you. And I'm a grown man with a full-time job and family and all those things, so I just don't have the time to do it if I'm driving. sucks. Yeah. Kids, if you're in high school, don't fail or nothing, but stay in high school. Be young. Enjoy it because it... It doesn't last. Once you get out of college... Like work makes you do things (laughs) and they're not always the fun things. Dusty threw up a valid point. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I do still. So when I met Dusty, her name was Kylie. She changed her name on me. And oddly enough, the reason she changed her name, like the name has like significance to my campaign. Um, It was the the dust in the glasses comment, right? Was that? You pick up fast, Josh. That's that's why they paid me the big bucks. That's yeah. But sorry on her. I am still getting used to calling her Dusty. No, nobody on our podcast has ever gone through a name change before. Isn't no. that right, Lee? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One Nika. As the one who has more names than there are people in this podcast. Yeah, fair. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like legit given names we're not talking yeah. Nick. Yeah. yeah not yeah. so I mean, he's got plenty of nicknames too don't get us wrong but yeah. <laughs> a few of those a few of those too but. And i tried to keep up but i'm all out you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. that's our requisite bad boys reference thank you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch me uh, swinging the dead leg anyway matt dusty thank you so very much for coming on tonight this has been fantastic so could you let our listeners know where they can find the feats and fates podcast actual play podcast actual play actual Actual play play. it's an actual play podcast it's an actual play podcast exactly yeah right if you are looking for anything feats and fates you can find us on twitter at feats in fates f-e-a-t-s in fates f-a-t-e-s we are on anchor.fm they will i mean that's where we broadcast our episodes from spotify the apple to amazon to google any affiliates of apple music we have facebook feats and Fa- feats and fates the facebook although i need to rename that the facebook now because <laughs> ripping off space balls on that one feats and fates <laughs> the facebook um we are in the process of creating our website. I started it. I'm going to let Dusty finish it because I just have too much on my plate with doing the episodes right now. So once that gets up and going, it will be www.featsandfates.com and I'll have all of our affiliates, all our episodes tied into the um, easy clicks. But yeah, Twitter is the best place to reach us at. It has, I'm pretty active on it. I try to stay integrated in it, try to socialize and let people know that, hey, we're out here. And we do giveaways and stuff like that. Actually, yeah, let me, I want to mention that. So we do 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 Duke. <laughs> um, we very nice. We now have will, a potty humor joke as well. <laughs> and have nice. We will and have, I say have because we already have. We the more followers we get, the more retweets, the more comments, we will be giving away NPC spots or on to on the show. One of our followers, Wizard, uh, I think his name is Wizards Respite, because he was such a 
supportive follower from us in the very beginning, there is now Arcane Shop in the world called Wizards Respite that we will visit on episode three. So we were, I mean, like, we award people for listening. We want you to listen. We want you to have fun. And then who knows? You might become an NPC on the show or, hey, if you really are interested, we have guest spots. We'll eventually do as well where people can come on and they'll voice a character for a session or two and go about their way, whether it's an NPC or a PC. So might reach you guys one of these days for oh, that you, as well. You know, we'd be all about that. You absolutely all in. You, you need NPCs. Oh, yeah. all in. Reach us. We were absolutely all in for that. Yeah. We like to sit at tables. I promise you won't be disappointed at ours. But yeah, it's been a blast. If anybody wants to get out to us, just go, I mean, just go to Twitter. Say hi. We don't bite. Goes against it unless he's okay. You're okay mm-hmm. with it. And it's consensual, but he won't bite you otherwise. <laughs> um, or you happen to be a dead necrotic boar that's half frozen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But he wanted to bite the boar. Just of course I wanted boar. to bite the boar. He's always fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's been an absolute blast to have a chance yeah. to talk about the show and get to know new people. I love how yeah. this brings people together. And we need that in the world right now. The world is too negative. You need to find some positive. Uh, basically what Matt said. Thank you guys so much for having us on the show. It was really great meeting you guys. I had a lot of fun talking. Yeah. I hope I'm not being too premature in saying um, when you're done with your season one and you're ready to launch season two, you'll come back on the show so we can recap the the season before and prep for the season to come. And that way we have you on the show. Star Trek has uh, the ready room. Feel free to hashtag call your boys TTJ whenever (laughs) whenever you want to talk. So who knows? Season two, I might slide back into the seat again (laughs) Mm, excellent excellent all right that is our show next week we are going to be coming with our deep dive into the latest wizards of the coast well maybe latest of the book but at least the latest one that has been released by itself morden kanan's monsters of the multiverse because not all of us uh, not all of us decided to go ahead and give in and buy the three box set with two books that we'd already bought yeah i see you have your hand there Uh, so so, i was wearing shiny copies Yeah, no, I I totally, they were gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. I do wish that I could have got the white copy by itself, but uh, that that was not in the cards, unfortunately. I I will say this, and I I hate to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off on this one. (laughs) I will, I have to say this was not because of the finances. I am a, I'm I'm a player and a gamer who has a 15 year old who's also a player Player and a gamer. And we have been sharing our collection. By buying this book and its repeat allowed me to give him two books that would have taken me three or four Christmases to actually get him. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So uh, your family dynamic did allow you to massage the situation in your favor and justify it. Yes, mm-hmm. we digress. We've already talked about that. We don't need to go to any deeper. <laughs> that, but, I seem so to be next allergic week we, to the very topic. <laughs> exactly. Ne- <sighs> next week we uh, next week we dive into our deep dive into Monsters of the Multiverse, and so we're really looking forward to, uh, to talking about the player and the storyteller options that are in that. We alluded to it earlier in this podcast with uh, with Go the Kobold based on the player character in the book here. Didn't even know that necessarily, so that's a fantastic tie into next week's episode. So thank you very much for that, Matt. Oh, uh, you're absolutely welcome. I only had one issue I didn't like it with that book. <laughs> just one (laughs) from a DM that plays on roll 20 a lot them coming out with this brand new book that has the turtle race in it is phenomenal because it is the first time that turtle is available race on roll 20 does not do supplements they only do full published material Uh, so the supplements the turtle package and grung about me and grung above are not available so grung and turtle have not been playable races on roll 20 so (laughs) now turtle is I wish they would have done grung yeah yeah, the Grung as a playable race would be interesting. But that's a whole other kettle of frogs that we don't have to get into in this. Uh, ah, see what you did there. That's a fine kettle of frogs. See, that's how TTJ can appear in your show. There's so, got to be like a, kettle, like a kettle of frogs somewhere that you can go ahead and throw in. So. Oh, we could be three. fact. Or we could do mouse rink, three blind mice rink. <laughs> Battle toads. That's Mm-hmm. Battletoads wouldn't be bad. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode with the members of the Feats and Fates podcast. We will talk to you again next week. Good night, yes. everyone. Good night, Matt. Good night, Dusty. May fate be ever on your side. Good night. Thank you. Yeah, I like that.
Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.